Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the only show on the internet for myself, Dan Selke of WindowsComing.net, and me and Johnson, fansetter.com, and occasional sort of guests uh, talk about all things Game of Thrones, Saga by Some Fire, Third Body Problem, uh, Star Wars, sci-fi, fantasy, uh, books, fortune cookies, anything where you might be able to be entertained by tales of the strange and otherworldly. Mia, how are you today? I'm doing good. I've got a little title update uh, <laughs> from what she said there, because this week I will be full-time over on Dork Side of the Force, our Star Wars spinoff site, uh, editing over there now. Fanside Entertainment is kind of shuttering its door, so I've got some new responsibilities today. That's true. Uh, which we'll be talking about Star Wars today, so it's all the more oh yeah, you know, There's- exciting for me. <laughs> And um, if any of you listeners out there or watchers, hey, Stefan, you have an incendiary comment off the bat. Looking forward to it. Want to hear us um, on podcasts when we're available, whatever, wherever podcasts are available. I do that kind of thing. Okay, so we already have some uh, spirited discussion going on in the comments. So why don't we just dive right into the topic? Is Game of Thrones showrunners David Benioff and Dan Weiss noted, um, you know, um, directors, writers, loved by some, loathed by others, angels to yeah. some, demons to others, have a giant new show at Netflix. Um, it was announced yesterday that Benioff and Weiss are going to adapt a novel series called Remembrance of Earth's Past, better known as The Three-Body Problem, which is the first title, which is the title of the first book in the series, Kind mm-hmm. of like how they dumped the song of Ice and Fire, but called it Game of Thrones, the first book in that series. Mm-hmm. Already drawing the parallels. This is a... Have you heard of the three-body problem, Mia, before? This is all brand new to me. So I was interested to see when that came through. I was like, wow, I know the name. I know the, the showrunners, but I don't know the actual text and all that. It's right. brand new to me. Well, well let's give a brief um, primer. By the way, hey, Julie, good to see you. Hello. Um, Three Body Problem is very big. This is a huge novel series in China. It's by author um, Xixin Liu. Uh, came out in 2008. It's about Earth's first contact with an alien civilization, the Trisolarans, I believe. <laughs> Basically, they live on this kind of planet that is um, has three suns. It's like pulled every which way, which makes life just really awful there. Like weird weather events. Oh, no. Catastrophically weird. Kind of like Westeros, huh? The long winters and summer. I'm just saying. It's not entirely summer. And um, there's a Chinese scientist who kind of sends out a message. And she gets a message back like, don't respond to this. I'm a Trisolaran. If you do, we're going to know where your planet is. And my people, they're probably going to invade because they're real angry. At the time, she has gone through the Chinese Cultural Revolution, which is this big 
historical event, the 1670s, where Mao Zedong kind of committed some genocides on people mm-hmm. in China. And she's just not doing it. She's like, I'm going to respond anyway. And she does. And they decide to invade us to get away from their own hellish planet. And the story is basically about, like, it spans hundreds of years. It's about the preparation for the Salian invasion. It's written by, like, an ex-computer programmer. Shishin Liu is an ex-computer engineer. So it's big on physics. It's big on, like, explaining. But in, like, a relatable way. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I I said it up front. I, I plan to now. I always plan to, but it was just, um, you know, it, it has jumped up my queue, is what I'm saying. Um, so big on hard science, but also, you know, the emotional component, the human component. Yeah. Um, governments working together, technologies being developed, goes way into the future. Um, it's big. It's a big series. And we've wondered for a while who was going to adapt it. Like Amazon had it at first. And then Netflix picked it up, and now yeah. going to Game of Thrones showrunners David Benioff and Dan Weiss, who have recruited True Blood writer Alexander Wu to work on it with them. So it's like they're like the three main guys in charge of it. And then Shi Shen Liu, who wrote the book, is a creative producer, as is Ken Liu, who did the English translation, and also Ryan Johnson is involved. Exactly. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I, I saw his name, and I was like, "Is this something we need to cover?" You know, obviously, because he's Star Wars director for Episode Number Eight. So I'm like, "What is his involvement with this project?" Which, when we're talking about, you know, problem not problematic creators, but creators who have had a history of backlash from their fans, bringing him onto this is just what? like a double win. The three. These are the three biggest. Yes, yeah, the trifecta. <laughs> Like the comments are going off about yeah. kind of the, the stuff we're going to talk about. And, and I'll read those in a second. They're very interesting, but I do find it interesting that like, if you wanted to find three people who maybe uh, inspire the most amount of, um, it's a nice word for this kind of it passionate takes online mm-hmm. like it's david benioff it's dan weiss and it's ryan Duff. like those are the three oh, yeah and now they are working on a show together with alexander Liu and ken Liu. they're not the only one here like brad yeah. is involved roseman pipes company is involved bernadette caulfield executive producer of game of thrones is going to produce this too she's great um it's definitely big and exciting now when the reaction came out i, I think it's it was pretty expected that, you know, Twitter did blow up with some comments kind mm-hmm. of of the type that are appearing in our uh, comment section a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Stefan says, you know, they rushed season eight. So, pukey face, pukey face, pukey face. Um, I got Keith here. They'll probably mess that up as well. Now, I don't agree with that, but, like, I, I expected it, right? Like, there people are still smarting from... Um, Listen, the blowback to season eight online was so real, and the blowback to, uh, um, no, and the blowback to um, Last Jedi was so real that I mean, people are still upset about it. You know what? The one thing that I will say is that Ryan Johnson did have the opportunity, at least in my eyes, but I think in many people's eyes, uh, when he did Knives Out, that 
was completely different from Star Wars. I I honestly didn't even want to see it. I was like, ah, I don't know if I vibe with Ryan Johnson anymore. I don't know if this was it. Um, but I think he at least redeemed himself with Knives Out. I don't know if uh, Benioff and Weiss have the same or have had the same chance to redeem them. This might have to be their redeemer if people are willing to open up their hearts to them once again, which... <laughs> As, as Julie says, like, there are plenty of folk who still, like, you know, Game of Thrones was a a incredible TV-changing show that ran for eight years. And I think the whole thing with Ryan Johnson, people, like, kind of coming back with Knives Out, is an example of how fickle this whole thing is. Mm. Like, like, a, like, what one day this guy is persona non grata, people are like, how dare he do that to Luke Skywalker or whatever. And then <laughs> yeah. he comes out one movie and it's like, this guy's amazing. It just shows yeah. like how changeable this stuff is. Like it doesn't take much. And there are exactly. more people online saying like, how could you let Benioff and Weiss get a hold of this show? They never deserve to work again. It's like, okay. I mean, I, I get that you didn't like any game of Thrones, but the, yeah. the the people who made the single like biggest cultural touch of the <laughs> show of the decade are probably gonna work again. I mean, so yeah. if they want, yeah. it's just yeah, it's it's really like, are you going to ignore seven tremendous, of varying degrees seasons compared to one that you just you really didn't like? I think for them to really be out of work would be to have a downward trend, not just with Game of Thrones, but okay, let's say they get put on this or they get put on something else and it's just back-to-back trash, then I think that's time where it's like, okay, I'm, I've had enough, but they might be worth having a, you know, a second sort of go around. I just want to say, I'm not convinced it was trash. I'm not sure I like your character. <laughs> but the point is, they're back. And it's interesting because th- this is another really big show. Yeah. Like after Game of Thrones, they directed Leslie Jones' comedy special, very on a small scale, at least certainly small scale compared to Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. They're doing a drama with Sandra O. Oh. It's like kind of a like a university dramedy where she's like an oh, English right. chair. Again, no special effects, no dragons, no spaceships, no anything. Just very simple. And this this is Game of Thrones size or bigger. This is a big sci-fi undertaking that will take a ton of money and a ton of production, a ton of talent, a ton of writing, a ton of work to pull off. And I guess that's just where their heart is. I mean, it just must be what they enjoy doing. They must, because like toward the end, they were like, we are looking forward to doing something simpler. It doesn't involve um, so many horses. Apparently horses are really hard to do with. Do with oh, no. <laughs> and um, I thought maybe they'll just do like small dramas for a while, but it's, it's interesting to see them like this go. We are back into it. I mean, frankly, I like this for them better than Star Wars, just because I'm a cynic who wants there to be a little less Star Wars happening in the world. <laughs> if, if, if you're gonna have a big epic sci-fi uh, story that's kind of a little more, a lot, a lot more hard science than, than Star Wars, but I mean, they're, they're very different. Yeah, um, I prefer that it's something new, and I have heard of Three Body Problem up and around for a while. Like it, it's been percolating for a while. I have not read it yet. I intend to, but it has been on the lips of many people for <laughs> 10 years now. Yeah. Yeah. It does sound like a pretty interesting story. Like I, I think especially because I am more of a sci-fi person. So you think, you know, like space, even aliens, all that stuff is 
something that I'm into. Uh, so I would say I would be willing to give this one a chance. I'll forgive them for now just because it does seem interesting. And I think that people are still going to watch anyway, even if it's like, you know, a lot of people aren't as, you know, as big of fans like our audiences. They don't really know the nuances of who's, you know, producing and, and all of that. Who's who's. Yeah. Except for, you know, like if it is something like Jordan Peele and Lovecraft kind of something, you know, stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I think the average person, like when they see the trailer come out, when they see the commercials and all that, they'll probably, you know, if they say, hey, I like sci-fi, I'm going to watch. Doesn't matter who's attached to the project or not. I do. Again, it kind of goes what I was saying about um, this, the the changeability of online sort of discourse. Like you have one like you, you have one project that's not really received well and you're just like cast out of mm-hmm. good opinion but you have another one that does well and you're like oh we always love you and just yeah. I, I think you have to know that's going to kind of be the way it is and then i lost the thread completely yeah. yes yeah. i'm looking forward to it As it is rip- i was really say go ahead oh uh that she so loves david and dan i can't remember what says i agree with julie i still love them too i'm looking forward to this each episode of season eight was good. It was rough to not great, but it was still good. You said it's not the finish I wanted. That was my problem, not D&D's. And I agree. I mean, again, I'm, I, yeah. I think it's okay to have criticisms of it. Um, I, I, I do think that maybe the love I've seen now is residual from that and kind of out of step with like the way Hollywood actually works. And like you said, like most people, they don't even know who's like yeah. me. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think my final thought was because I was like, I feel like I've had this conversation before about the, you know, the pendulum swing, like one one week or one month they like you, one week they don't. And I was okay. I was like, I had this conversation with my brother because when DC Fandom came out, uh, I looked and I saw the tweets and I was like, everybody is really excited for the Suicide Squad. I was like, wait a minute, didn't we just cancel, you know, James Gunn like a year or two ago and now we're all excited about this project. So it really just comes to show you that I I don't know what it is where people, you know, swing one way or swing the other, but it really is all about the spotlight and, and what's new and what's out there. My prediction is people are loving the Snyder Cut right now. I wouldn't be shocked at all if it came out and they're like, what the hell is yeah. that? I'm just, I, I could be wrong, yeah. but I'm just saying maybe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very fickle place is Twitter, is the internet. And I think it sounds interesting. I like the idea of um, a new big sci-fi project happening. I'm into it. I'll watch yeah. it. Do we have any other thoughts? Who, oh, what do y'all watch and think? Are, would you watch a giant Netflix three-body problem sci-fi epic? Or are you done? Or are you done with these hacks who came in and ruined Game of Thrones and you shan't be watching their project again? Or somewhere in the middle? I'd love to know. All right. Any other thoughts on the new three-body problem sci-fi video? Oh, well, I know it's going to have probably a big first season. It makes me curious to wonder if Netflix is going to give it the two-season treatment or if they'll, you know, stranger things it and, you know, let it live a little bit longer. Yeah, that, that's always interesting. With Netflix, doesn't seem to super duper like ordering lots of seasons in advance either. I feel like they go season by season. Mm-hmm. But like ugh, Netflix is weird, man. Like if you have like this big a project, you almost need to do more planning than yeah. just um, 
like one season out. Like yeah. it's going to come out like more than every two years. Like you've got it. But Netflix kind of rides by like what was cool yesterday and then they renew or cancel based on that. So we'll see. Um, what a fascinating yeah. watchscape we are a part <laughs> of right now with so many different options. We've got some final comments here. There we go. As Kelly says, they gave me years of television joy. I'll give it a shot, which I agree with you. I mean, why not? Again, there's just, I mean, the, the only trick is, um, will it be good enough to hold your attention with so much stuff out there now? Um, it, it's harder for even a project this huge to break through. But I'm looking forward to it, and I'm seeing what they do. Um, earlier, we talked about Star Wars, and we talked about Ryan Johnson, and we talked about Benioff and Weiss, who at one point were signed up to do a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. and then that thing took a giant turn, and yeah. that whole mess blew up. And both stories are kind of of the same ilk, because we have a story about Star Wars today, and um, the blowback to that movie is still going on, and we're still talking about it. Although first, they did announce that The Mandalorian Season 2 is coming on October 30th. Woohoo! How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's exciting. I was... Me too. I am a little bit relieved, maybe more so editorial-wise, that it's coming at the end of October. Obviously, as a fan, I want it as soon as possible. (laughs) But now that I know they're giving me at least, you know, really a good two months to kind of think about what I want to write about, that's mm-hmm. good for me to know in my position. Uh, but maybe October October 30th is, is doable. You're kidding? I definitely like it. It's a couple months yeah. out. You get someone who writes about it. I don't want to come up tomorrow. No, absolutely. Yeah. Some time. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I said, this was probably my favorite new show of 2019. I thought it was wonderful. And I am not a Star Wars person. Like, you know that. I talk crap about it all the time. But that show delighted me from start to finish. I loved how fresh it felt. I love that it just was set in the Star Wars universe, but not really tied to the old lore very much. It was accessible. It was the episodes yeah. were like brief enough to just take in and enjoy without feeling like uh, you're trapped and like it uh-huh. can't let you go for an hour and a half. I thought special effects were tremendous. I thought the story was really gripping and simple. You know, this uh, bounty hunter taking care of this baby Yoda. I loved it. I want more of it. And uh, we got the Emmys coming out. I had to look it up. I was like, oh my gosh, it's coming up September 20th. So we'll see how they, how they fare over there. They're 15 Emmys. Um, I I honestly don't know if it will take home the big one, which is best drama. There's a lot of like stiff competition out there, Uh, but it can, I think it, it, it has to at least pull one on some of the more technical artistic aspects. So we'll see. I would be shocked if it did, but it's fun that it's in there. Yeah. <laughs> on the more um, controversial side of Star Wars, John Boyega, who played Finn in the Star Wars mm-hmm. sequel trilogy, um, came out today in British GQ with some pretty uh, pointed critiques of the way Disney and Lucasfilm handled the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Um, shall we read some of his uh, takedown? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, got a lot to say. I mean, Boyega has always been someone who's kind of upfront, very willing to just speak his mind, like not just going to pick up in line. Like he was out there on the front lines of Black Lives Matter. He mm-hmm. mixed it up with the fans into like shipping is stupid, which, you know. 
It's not unstupid. Wait, did he say that? I know he had a problem with like toxic fans and there was something very specific. Like, I don't know if he, he might have specifically spoke out against Raylo. Um, and he, it was like last week or something, he said something too. And I was like, wow, <laughs> he really, you know, no cares given, but it's like, well, he's done with the franchise at this point. He, he doesn't owe anybody anything. He's got his money. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And he said some pretty fun stuff. He said, um, what I would say to Disney is do not bring out a black character, market them to be much more important in the franchise than they are, and then have them push to the side. It's not good. I'll say it straight up. You guys knew what to do with Daisy Ridley. You, you knew what to do with Adam Driver. You knew what to do with these other people. When it came to Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rostico, when it came to John Boyega, you knew bleep all. So what do you want me to say? What they want you to say is, I enjoyed being a part of it. It was a great experience. I'll take that deal when it's actually a great experience. They gave all the nuance to Adam Driver, all the nuance to Daisy Ridley. Let's be honest. Daisy knows this. Adam knows this. Everybody knows I'm not exposing anything. So basically taking them to task for kind of sidelining the characters of color in the Star Wars sequel trilogy. What do you make of this, man? Yeah. You know, it. there's a lot of things to say about this. I think the first to me was just really like a bravo for him speaking up about his experience. I mean, Disney and Star Wars is a huge beast, <laughs> you know, to, to go up against. And you really are facing so many things. You know, you'd be facing blacklisting from Hollywood altogether. Disney loves to bring back, you know, actors and stuff. So you're facing them not wanting to hire him again. But for me, what it looks like is like, hey, you know, none of this matters. If I'm going to be suffering or if other black actors or people of color are going to be suffering something, needs to be said so i was really like <laughs> for me it was like you know a round of applause for him for being so you know brave and courageous for speaking out on things that honestly have been going on for years and years and years in hollywood like it's no secret that this stuff is happening it's just good to finally have someone speak out and say it so that's what i have to say in short <laughs> yeah, i'm definitely all for it i mean yeah I, I like anybody who kind of um there's definitely an expectation that they want a kind of pristine image around something as monumentally popular as Star Wars. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's still a pretty messy process to make anything that big. And obviously, there are iniquities in the way it's done. I mean, we've been talking for the past, certainly this year, mm-hmm. about racial inequality in the U.S. And for the past three years, just more in Hollywood generally, general racial inequality. And yeah, there are things to be said. I, I do look at it and just, God, it just reminds me of just how much of a mess the whole trilogy was. Yeah. From, in my opinion, from sort of top to bottom. You know, I, it is, part of it is just the whole series being a mess. And then the other part of it speaking, you know, from the black experience or whatever you might want to categorize as a minority, um, people of color, even women, it's like this has been a lived experience for so long um, that it's really been internalized in pretty much every movie studio. I don't think I could say there's probably one where, of course, I don't know them personally, but um, not just the movie industry was what I was trying to say, but pretty much any any career. You know, sometimes like my parents' advice at some point was like, you know, you don't want to 
speak up or speak out or speak back, right? You kind of just do what they tell you to do because as a black person, you might not know, you know, am I saying something that's going to put my job on the line or are they going to fire me um, because I'm expendable or something like that? You know, you always kind of have that fear in the back of your mind. And that's what the, the courageous part about John Boyega is, is, you know, we've had all these generations where they tell you, don't say anything, be compliant, just stay in your place, do what you're told. And now really we have this whole generation, like with the Black Lives Matter and stuff, where people finally have the freedom to say, hey, no, <laughs> you know, I'm not just going to be compliant with what you want out of me. You know, I'm a human being. We have our own experiences. We have our own things that are worth hearing and worth doing, worth saying. Like in one example, he was like, he wanted to dress a certain way. And the stylist was like cringing at what he wanted to dress or his hair you know, his hairstyle. By the end, he actually had um, twists, which were a, you know, um, what would I say, historically black or African, you know, braids. And then at the premiere for the uh, the final movie, he also wore, you know, his traditional Nigerian garb because that's what his culture is. So I saw that as like him finally <laughs> being free. And this was really like the the article was like the the cherry on top of him saying like, you know, F all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I can add much to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts, or should we move on next time? Oh man, yeah. No, I just say I I, I commend him. I know there there probably are going to be some people who might, you know, be like, oh well, he was in Star Wars and he should be grateful. Um, I mean, I think he is grateful. Like he oh yeah, yeah. It's stepping stones, everything, but yeah, you can still be grateful and like point out the obvious. Exactly. And I was like, I compared this to in what I wrote, like kind of like the Me Too movement, right? Women being sexually harassed, like Ellen, <laughs> the Ellen show people were being. So it's like it's it's the time to speak up and to tell your truth. And this is just one of the next narratives in that. So bravo to him. <laughs> OK, and that is Star Wars. That is the three body problem. Before I go into our final segment, let's take a little um wit club break here Ooh. if you're not aware if you're a first time watcher or a long time watcher we do have a little thing called the wit club it's a special club where if you buy basically a winnerscoming.net t-shirt winners coming t-shirt you get access to extra videos extra articles and a monthly prize this month i think tonight or tomorrow we're going to be giving away the 2021 song of ice or fire song Ooh. of ice so if you want to sign up for that, I'll leave a Wit Club link in the comments for you to peruse at your leisure. And maybe you could be the lucky person who takes home a Wit the 2021 Song of Ice and Fire calendar with beautiful illustrations of all your favorite moments from the Song of Ice and Fire series. And there it is. <laughs> there it goes. Yeah. That. We looked at the some of the art in a previous show and I was blown away. I love the art. It's, you know, it's Sam. nice to hang on your wall, show off to your friends or family in a zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just have it be your background forever and after. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And finally, Mia, um, what are we watching? What are you, what are you watching? What yeah. am I watching? What are you, the audience watching? I heard that you went and saw uh, the new mutants. Was I that did. Uh, what's that? that like in a theater yes i i went to a theater for the first time since sonic the hedgehog 
talk. What a, like, how was it? Like, so yeah. time, I imagine. And- yeah, yeah, let me explain to you. So at first, because I went with my dad and it was a Saturday, typical huh. Saturday movie theater. You know, it's bustling. People are on dates and hanging with their friends. Or- it was a ghost town. <laughs> it really was. And yes. what they what they tried to do with the theater that I went to it wasn't AMC or anything, uh, but I think they were basically going on the same principles, right? Um, every attendant had a face shield along with their mask. They had these tape lines. So, you know, you walk one way, you know, your social distancing and all that stuff. And then when you book your tickets in our theater, um, you give two seats of room. So two empty seats. Um, but I would say in my theater alone, me and my dad included, I think like seven people top. So, um, on, on top of them sanitizing, like after everything. So I felt very safe, um, you know, with a small amount of people. And my dad was like, this is, this probably is the best time if you want to go <laughs> because there's no one out right now. Um, I would just, you know, check your, it depends. Cause you don't know. I don't honestly don't know if more people are going to come out in the fall season or I don't know if there's going to be a second wave or anything like that. Maybe not. So honestly, you'll never know. But just check your theater um, to see what the seating arrangement is like. And it's probably going to be super empty if that's something that you want to do. But I mean, um, it, it does make a perfect sense. Like it might be a good time to go because no one is going. But then again, like what if everyone gets that idea and then they all. Get- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you got to. The good thing is if you have like, you know, you can buy seating. Like if you can look up to the last minute and see what the seating arrangement is. It, you know, um, but as far as the movie itself, uh-huh. so this, you know, is, this is the final <laughs> movie made by Fox. It um, Williams, Charlie Heaton, Henry Saga in a mutant institution. They're all young. I yeah, was- man. You know what? I really, really wish I could say this is. I don't want to say it was bad. I want to say I wish it was like really super thrilling and exciting, kind of like the other X-Men series. This one really was so low key. And it was like there were horror elements, but not enough for it to feel like a full fledged horror movie. It just happened to be a superhero movie that was scary, (laughs) if that makes sense. Um, so it was like, yeah, there'll be a couple of jump scares at the end. They tried to really ramp up the action and have them all come together. But for the most part, it was like, just, you know, your average teen drama sort of thing. Um, which it's like when you're watching a superhero movie, you kind of do want, you know, the Avengers and almost every other scene, they're kicking butt or saving somebody. And this is really like a slow burn to which to me felt like, well, if, you know, they were trying to set up a franchise or a new movie. Maybe this was just the slow kind of introduction. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a movie to see. I think given the time and the circumstances, it was like, well, I'm just happy to be watching a new movie. But overall, I wouldn't say it was the best X-Men movie I've ever seen or anything like that, unfortunately. So, so would you say it's worth braving um possible exposure to the coronavirus to see this i would actually say no i think if if you wanted to brave out a movie maybe tenant would be that movie i haven't seen that but i'm assuming christopher nolan will do a better job than whatever came out of this so you can stay at home for now i would not say you rush to the theater or anything to go see new mutants unless you are like 
absolutely dying to see what it is and what it's about. I do like the idea of seeing a movie in the theater again. I mean, you know, of course I love movies. We do this for a living, so it's not no surprise. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure quite up to it yet to do something like that. Um, I'll probably sit it out, but I'm glad yeah. we have And I'm glad yeah, no, I don't sound like they are that they're taking precautions like in the theaters to make sure it's okay and safe. Yeah, yeah. So how was Macy? My, Macy Williams, she was actually really good. She used her, I guess it would be her natural accents where is she okay wait where do you know where she's from it's like scottish right right british but she's british okay so then it's a switcheroo so she was using a scottish accent even though she's british so like she just sounds different and it wasn't american obviously uh but she was really good she uh, she's always a a great actress and she had some really uh great chemistry with i believe it's blue hunt who plays um who's opposite her they have kind of like this romantic chemistry going on so those two were really great i would say everyone acted the part it was just the whole execution of the movie itself was underwhelming right and that's kind of the general consensus um i have one more thing i want to say and then we can um get to linda bauer's question because we should um i just want to say that i'm pretty excited to see his dark material season two mm-hmm. we'll put out a trailer for that um coming in november kind of weird that i like, don't like announce like a date are you surprised that we didn't get a Mandalorian like exact date before now? It's like it's like a month and a half away. I know. Playing it for HDM, yeah. whatever. But this show is good. This show is a adaptation of a trilogy I really like, fantasy trilogy, uh, historic materials. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard to describe, but uh, steampunk, multiple dimensions, sort of Narnia. Yeah. Lord of the Rings meets steampunk adventure fun stuff looking forward to that and finally linda asked are we going to talk about um chad uh black panther it wasn't in our outline but i think yeah we should take a minute to say chadwick boseman um star of black panther get on up 42 died of uh cancer cancer yeah cancer age of 43 this friday um, it was a huge shock when I heard that. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I was pretty floored by that. How are you? Yeah, it was very shocking. And the biggest thing that me and everyone have, have been saying was the fact that he publicized none of that, none of his battle. And of course, it's not, you know, your own private life is nothing for you to publicize anyway, but. Um, yeah, for everyone to know that that's what he was going through, especially while filming all of his movies and, and doing just such a tremendous job. I think that was probably one of the most shocking parts just to know and to, to realize. Yeah, like he wasn't one of the kind of um, high profile folk who were like in the trades, you know, like every day. Like, mm-hmm. was going through, like I don't know, like some stars or like... Uh, they got pulled over. They got divorced. They're getting married. Yeah, yeah like Britney Spears right now. That's the way he wanted it. Is, is what yeah. I kind of he wasn't the kind of person who went for um, the spotlight outside of the movies he was in. And I mean, like, it's it's a huge blow. He was an incredibly talented guy. And I, I saw him get on up. Um, and like, the, the, the movie was okay, but he was terrific. He was, yeah. He was so good. And I mean, like, Black Panther was an iconic moment for Marvel and for movies in general. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of a movie that proved because, like, for so long before that, they were like, "Well, people won't see a movie with a black hero with a black lead." And like, well, then it's that a shark because then they did it, and it was a, yeah. an enormous yeah. hit. He blew the lid off of it because of him, and of course because of um, oh god, who played Killmonger? Uh, Michael B. Jordan. B. Jordan, yeah. So yeah, and in, a huge loss, and um, yeah. our sympathies are with his family and friends. Yeah, yeah, I um. Yeah, it's really hard, especially me being a big Marvel fan, of course. Um, And yeah, some of the discussion, which there's been a debate about, you know, the insensitivity about people wondering about Black Panther 2. And they're like, well, is it appropriate to talk about it? I will say that I think a lot of people there, either their introduction to him or at least their introduction to his greatness was through Black Panther. So I can't understand like wow this is you know my superhero now what do we do without him where does i can see that's why some people like where does marvel go from here um and it's on my mind too i love him i love the whole superhero and marvel thing and it's like he really is irreplaceable so i think it it is still good to just give it some time let it have its time and then marvel can discuss what they want to do down the line um but yeah he lived a full life though i'm he he won't He'll be missed greatly. And um, yeah, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to, at some point, I'll get my strength together, watch Black Panther again. <laughs> I just, I can't do it right now. I mean, the whole thing about like, it's in bad taste to talk about what happens next for Marvel. I mean, like, of, of course, the thought occurred to me. Like, yeah. just thinking, yeah, yeah what are they going to do? But I agree. It's like, I'll wait for Disney to say something. And then, yeah. So it's some time is definitely needed. Other than that, yeah, um, very down note to end on. But, yeah. but any other thoughts about any of this before we sign off for the week? Well, yeah, well, clear the energies. We know life moves on. It's you know, there's so much more great stuff to honor. We're going to honor him. There'll be more, you know, actors to live up to his legacy down the road. So that's also something to look forward to as well. He's an awful kid inspire. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. Um, we are Take the Black Live. We are available on iTunes, Google Play, if you want to hear us in a podcast form. We'll have a new Take the Black Live video and article up either tonight or tomorrow. And we'll be back here live again next week, Wednesday, 4 o'clock Central Standard Time, here on the Winners Coming Facebook page for more Take the Black Live. Thanks for watching. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.